0: Welcome to Frame I'm Barbara Gosofsky, and I'm here with my favorite co-host, Courtney Small. Hello. How are you today? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. We are both happy. We have a guest today. She is the Executive Artistic Director from Workman Arts, Kelly Strawn, and Workman Arts is presenting Rendezvous with Madness, the 26th annual Rendezvous with Madness. It opened yesterday. Yesterday was World Mental Health Day, very important day and very important festival. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's just start off with just some details. So it opened yesterday. It's running until the 21st. Uh, any information, tickets, go to workmanarts.com. And uh, this year it is the 26th year. And after 25 years, you guys dropped the name Film Festival. Film. That's true. And it's a festival. Yep. And it's a festival of so much more. So let's talk about that for a bit.
1: Well, so 26 years ago when we started the festival, um, there were no other mental health film festivals happening, if you can believe it. We are the first, we were the first in the world. So that tells you how radical the idea was. People were not talking about mental health in the same way they're talking about it today. So, you know, times have changed, thankfully. The dialogue has started thankfully. And so it seemed natural to expand it to a multidisciplinary event to get more artist opinions, artist point of view, and also open it up to a wider audience.
0: Absolutely. So um, going over everything, I mean, I'm more, more well versed with the film uh, part of it. Mm-hmm. We watched some of the films. So if you could just give an overview. Um, I know that there's... It's, it's an impossible question, I know. There's visual arts, there's... Um, exactly. So tonight to is the the actually the, yeah, yeah, it's
1: the opening of the visual art exhibition. Um, so it's called Bursting Bubbles, uh, Creating Context for the Human Experience... Creating context for
0: (laughs) it's okay. Nobody's going to hold you to the exact. I know, right,
1: right. But it's bursting bubbles, and so the idea is that we all live in these bubbles, in these membranes, and that you know, at times they shelter us, and you know, and and we do get worried that people will discover us and see the real person. And so uh, there are seven visual artists, and they have all created something on this theme. And so this is more than art on walls; it is interactive art. It is is um, everything unique and strange and wonderful and so if people come on out to the um, opening tonight it's at the Toronto Media Arts Centre and it is on until the 21st so after tonight tonight is our evening event and then every day it's 12 to 6 and so the f- tomorrow night we open up the theater shows. And so we have six site-specific theater productions. So site-specific theater is theater that happens in unusual locations outside of theaters. And so um, we have a show happening at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. It's called Storm Shelter. And so it speaks to a patient experience at CAMH and was actually written by an artist in residence at CAMH. So he was there and, you know, in the group therapy rooms watching what was happening and then wrote this play. Um, So it's quite interesting. It's at the Queen Street site. Um, We have Manitoba Music, which is happening at Workman Arts Theatre. Dinner with Madness is opening tonight. That is a dinner. So you can take part in this dinner. And as you can imagine, everything happens around you. So that's happening at Workman Arts as well. And then also opening tomorrow night is Four and a Half Ignoble Truth. So that's with Why Not Theatre. Some people will recognize that name. Um, They're quite a well-known theatre company in Toronto. And so it's about uh, Thomas McKechnie, his personal journey with clinical depression uh, and with anxiety. And so he tells it in a very theatrical way um, and, and uses an egg. That's all I'm going (laughs) to say. So, and, and you're right. The film opened last, film, a series opened last night it was such a beautiful evening. So we opened with the song and the sorrow. So Catherine McClellan, uh, the documentary follows Catherine McClellan. Her father is Gene McClellan. Uh, people will know Gene McClellan for his songs, um, songbird. And Marie made that song famous and put your hand in the hand. And so it followed Catherine McClellan as she's trying to come to terms with his suicide. So he died by suicide when she was 14 and she sort of put that away and tucked it away for 20 years. Um, And now this documentary follows her getting to know her father um, and also singing his songs. And so she performed for us last night. And now we are just into the film series as well. So we are at the AGO tonight um, and tomorrow night. And then uh, we're at various venues throughout the city, but mostly AGO and Workman Arts. So lots happening. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Yes, I remember when it was a tiny little festival. And now yeah. it's great to see it grow so, so much. Yeah. But one component that has always remained is the discussions with the films.
1: That's exactly Some of right. these
0: films are not the easiest to watch. They're very important films, all of them. They're not the easiest to watch, some of them. And so it's really great to be able to talk, to hear others, their experiences and their reactions to the films, but and also to talk
1: with professionals, with
0: all sorts of different people so so Let's talk a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it's really the thing that, um, you know, of course, we are known for the art itself, but we are also well known for, you're absolutely right, the panel discussions. And so right from the very beginning, we wanted to give context to what people were seeing, and especially in the early days when there was really not a lot of dialogue happening. You know, we made sure that we had people with lived experience on stage with us, um, you know, clinicians or psychiatrists, if it made sense um, for them to be there to sort of add some depth of understanding. And so it's been something that over the years, uh, you know, has really grown. And we know definitely in those panel discussions that it's important for us to open it up to the audience. And so, you know, um, sometimes in those panel discussions, you know, moderators won't open it up. We know that the audience really wants to talk and ask questions and they're there because they're engaged and interested. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think some of our fondest memories, you know, with the staff are, are these um, talkbacks that really just resonate so deeply. Mm-hmm. With
2: this expanded um, festival now, with the performance art aspect to it, the visual art aspect, was it tough narrowing down the t- the artists and creative types that you were bringing in?
1: Yeah, that is the trickiest part. And so I think certainly with the films... Um, Oh my goodness, Jeff Paveer, who's our film program director, he watches hundreds of films. I mean, this it takes him half a year to really get the programming together. Um, And so uh, that would be one of the most challenging sections. In terms of the theater, we had about 50 applications for six spots. So it is competitive and certainly you're reading through the scripts. Um, And then with visual art, uh, that actually takes on a bit more of a curatorial role. So our um, visual arts manager, Claudette Abram. she's she knows which artists are right at that level where they're ready to take on the challenge and ready to speak to a theme um and we and so uh you know for her it's less about accepting submissions as sort of picking out who um is ready to take on the theme of the year
2: mm-hmm. and with your background especially because you have an extensive background in in the arts especially the theatrical arts what do you think artists get wrong about um, mental health issues, especially when they're trying to convey this. Because with a lot of the films that we were looking at, there are examples of people acutely zoning in on a particular issue, whereas there's a lot of mainstream productions or mainstream artists that, have a different view of of mental health issues that isn't necessarily helpful or productive.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, for the theater shows in particular, um, members of the creative team had to identify as having lived experience. So we weren't really interested in the outside perspective on mental health. And so um, while they didn't have to give us a diagnosis or even self-identify and say, oh, it's me, they had to say, yeah, we have five members of our team who identify. And that was really important to us. Um, And then in terms of the film, the film is a little wider because it doesn't have to be artists that um, uh, have lived experience, but it is more thematic. Um, I notice, you know, more and more we're into documentaries because that's the authentic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that fiction can't do it well, but you're certainly, you know, you're you're looking at those closely and, and, and really trying to figure out if you know this is the representation you want for mental health and addiction experiences, or if it seems like it's those old tie stereotypes that no one wants to see anymore nor is helpful to the discussion Um, and so you know I think you know when artists get it wrong it's that you know they want to sensationalize mental illness that they think that you know somehow it's going to get them noticed if they can you know create some wild tale or some wild art around what they think mental health uh, experiences are and so uh, luckily we have we are tuned to that and we're watching and going you know what yeah not our festival uh, not right now so mm-hmm.
0: yeah. i think it- What's complementary to that? What you were just saying is also the fact that you have gotten involved with youth,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you've um, you've asked them and had a call for submissions.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's called if you ask me, and it started last year. Where, in a way, it was a bit of an experiment to see you know, what kind of response we would get, what's happening, and quite simply said, you know, just send us videos about what it's like for you with, you know, your mental health experiences, your addiction experiences, Um, and uh, short films were sent in from across Canada, and, and some were as personal as someone just kind of turning their cell phone on themselves and talking, and some were, you know, quite highly produced, and they were quite amazing, and so when we saw them, it was such a beautiful afternoon. It was one of our favorite um, short series last year. We thought, okay, what's the next level for this? And it's about taking the people who participated last year and giving them workshops and classes and offering them, you know, we have um, uh, film equipment and editing equipment at Workman Arts and saying, let's help you refine your craft. Um, So that has been wonderful. So over the summer, we've had uh, two of our Workman Arts members who are, you know, quite um, distinguished in in the film world, and they've been helping these youth. And now we are going to see what they've come up with this year. So actually, that one I have not seen yet. going to experience that firsthand with the audience so
0: yeah that Mm -hmm. sounds amazing yeah yeah Um, okay so let's talk about um, you know the fact that there are you know documentaries and um, Mm -hmm. and what struck me about a a couple at least that I've seen that Mm -hmm. I'll make a general statement about but you know Layla at the bridge Mm -hmm. is dealing with a woman who um, is trying in her own way to deal with some of the effects of the war in Afghanistan, and that is the fact that a lot of people are addicted mm-hmm. and so she's become this sort of mother of addicts and uh, uses love and tough love and and all, by all means necessary to try and help some people you know fight that addiction mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I was thinking of and you know so that follows someone for for an extended period of time and then the closing night film, a mother brings her son to be shot. You know, it's another chance where, you know, uh, whether the person is affected or not, the director, they are following people and letting those people sort of create what happens, create the documentary, and she's following this community that's dealing with the crisis of, you know, the effects of the war in Northern or, or the troubles in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so it made me think about how your festival is... Um, like maybe this year more than ever, it struck me how it's dealing with, you know, communities in crisis, yeah. not just individuals, so mental health on that different kind of level as well,
1: yeah, and also giving us a window into what is happening around the world with mental health and addictions. I mean, yeah, that Layla at the bridge, you know, to see her take this on, and she, it is is such a passion of hers. And she is such a, an amazing heroine really like Mm -hmm. she's just so powerful and so you see what she is willing to do um, you know to help people and to help strangers to help strangers and she just feels so passionately um, that you know that these are human beings that need to be loved and helped And so, you know, uh, and then the backdrop of Afghanistan, right, is its own character in the piece. Um, And same thing with A Mother Brings Her Son to be Shot. Uh, And it's, it's also a look at a place where, you know, I don't know that I was even fully aware of this. I can't remember the name of the town in Northern Ireland. I think it's Derry or the yeah, area is yeah, known Derry. Right. Yeah, that's right. And they're self-policing, really. And they're on their own. And, and I, I had, prior to this film, really did not know uh, anything about that. And no, I mean, me that neither. is, you know, the, the beautiful part of documentaries and films, right? It just, it actually takes you to the place and, and you have a little window into their lives, so. Yeah, yeah. and, and
0: it's, it's so revealing when you you get into that community Mm -hmm. and all the different players in that community and all the dynamics that are going on and we all have a certain understanding of what happened in Northern Ireland but even if you have even a little bit more than a certain you still don't get the insight that this film you've never had that insight unless you've lived in dairy right yeah but this film gives us an opportunity to witness what's going on Mm -hmm. with an entire community in trauma basically
1: yeah yeah absolutely and you know there was a film last year uh where we saw there they were girls and it was in uh oh and now I'm forgetting the location but they were in a girl's home together and if it was Afghanistan it might have been Afghanistan or it might have been Iraq but it was a window into their culture about you know the women and the girls are always hugging and touching each other and stroking each other's cheeks and were so lovely and I thought wow you know it was so beautiful to see this and I realized why people can look at you know Canadians and think oh we're so uptight we're so held we're so Because <laughs> yeah. I thought, my goodness for us to behave that way you know with with other women it's just, you know, so it also reflects back on you where you say, oh, I see why the rest of the world sees us as so polite and so uptight, <laughs> is when you look at other cultures and go, yep, yep, we're, we're we can be uh, our own unique breed <laughs> over here.
2: What are the, um, to to bounce off of your question, one of the things I've noticed with a lot of these various films is there's an element of support that is lacking, especially on a global level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know even here in Canada, there's a lot of talk about, well, we, sh- we need to support mental health issues, but a lot of times it's more for political purposes and not really about the individuals at hand. And mm-hmm. what struck me about when I was reading up on you is there was something that you said in an interview about CAMH being um, one of the reasons why you chose this particular role. And I wonder mm-hmm. if you could elaborate on that because that's something that you don't normally expect to hear an artistic director say that, you know, this institution really helped seal the deal for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's quite incredible what's happening at CAMH, and and I feel like we need to bring that more to the forefront and be having that conversation about, you know, um, here's this hospital that really, you know, not only uh, claims they understand the whole person, but they actually do understand the whole person, and it's not just lip service, it's tangible support they're offering to Workman Arts, um, and and so I was so fascinated by that because, you know, prior to my time at Workman Arts, um, I've been in various arts institutions, and, and I work, you know, in arts advocacy and trying to prove to everyone, you know, and and advocating that arts matter, and you know we need to support the arts. And then here's this hospital saying, "Yeah, we get it. Yeah, we'll totally support you." And I thought this is amazing. And um, you know, I've always believed that art is sort of by the people for the people. I don't believe that art is something that only belongs to a certain group of people or that only a certain group of people can create. And so, you know, it it was really a no brainer for me that it, it was. You know, a really great tool to mental health, and that um, you know, it's something that can be very powerful uh, to help people maintain a sense of balance. And so, there were just a lot of pieces, but certainly, I I just, you know, kept when I was getting to know Workman Arts, kept circling back to the CAMH part mm-hmm. and, and, does, and, and asking a lot of questions and being so impressed.
2: <laughs> and does CAMH like um, are they are they very hands on in terms of? what they want to see in the festival or do they allow you guys to have you and your programmers to have more free reign and just kind of trust that you guys will will get it right?
1: Yeah, so they're actually just a partner. Um, And so, you know, we're our own independent arts organization. We're our own not-for-profit charity. And so, you know, in many ways, you know, they would act as the Ontario Arts Council does to us or Toronto Arts Council that, you know, they're supporting and funding what you do, but not dictating at all. And in a way, they recognize, they absolutely recognize the power in that, that art can, uh, has commentary on, you know, psychiatric care and has commentary on you know, potentially how you're treated in hospitals that can be critical. And actually, CAMH is open to have that dialogue and open to seeing those opinions, which I also think is incredibly cool for a hospital. Um, And I know um, we used to be on site at CAMH, and they did a few years ago, oh, probably about 10 years ago now, did a Nuit Blanche activation where they took stories from when it was the lunatic asylum and, you know, created all of these, um, you know, mannequins and garments, and there were soundscapes that were telling the stories, and a lot of them critical, and CAMH welcomed it. And said, "Yeah, let's tell these stories. Let's not forget our past. So, you know that they really do get it there.
0: Mm-hmm. Fabulous! And this festival really gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's end on uh, a free note.
1: A free note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say positive, but I thought, well, free is good too. Like free and positive. A breadwinner. You're having a free screening."
1: right uh, so, so that's always that's exciting right? yeah on Tuesday October 16th it's going to be in Dufferin Grove Park boy you know when we had that great weather yesterday yeah, and the day before I thought just pushing, was this right? yeah, I just like we just push that by a week so fingers you never crossed that it's nice and warm uh, but if not just bundle up it starts at 730 and, uh, and Breadwinner if you haven't seen it oh what a beautiful film it's Oscar nominated film there are Canadians in it um, and written by a Canadian written by a Canadian and the voice the voice artists are Canadians, so it's uh, just such a beautiful film so that is our family offering this year because really a lot of our programming um, you know I'm really pushing to try and find that family element I mean I have a family I want to be able to bring my kids out as well um, but some of the materials challenging and and you know it's it's not quite uh, family-friendly so this is our family-friendly offering for sure excellent
0: okay so like I said um, you It's um, Rendezvous with Madness has started, Mm -hmm. and it's running until the 21st. And if you want more information, please go to workmanarts.com. And thanks so much to Executive Artistic Director Kelly Strawn. Thank you. Okay, so Courtney and I will be back in a second. Okay, you're back with Frame Line. I'm Barbara Gasowsky, and uh, Courtney Small is going to talk a little bit about Black Star. It's a series that TIFF, the Bell Lightbox, started last year, and is back again this year.
2: Yeah, it originally um, came from the UK. Uh, Ashley Clark was the curator of that festival, and TIFF has decided to bring it back and make it a yearly thing uh it's it's much more condensed this year cuz i think last year it ran over a course of 2 or 3 months yeah and and it was a really massive um undertaking with mm-hmm. this, whereas this year i think they have about 5 or 6 um tightly curated films but there's a lot of great stuff to see and i i like that even though it's smaller I like the fact that this is an annual tradition because yeah, I think that's great. For me, it allows me to reconnect with a few films that I that I've loved in the past and get to see them again on the big screen. Like, for example, Devil in a Blue Dress is playing on Saturday night, so yes. got, had to get my ticket for that one. Uh, yes, and, and uh,
0: uh, that beautiful man that's in it, Denzel Washington. Yeah,
2: and uh, sorry,
0: that, I'm sorry, I'm being a pig.
2: No, no, he, but it's a
0: great film too. <laughs> he, he,
2: I don't know a, a woman alive that doesn't like Denzel. <laughs> Uh, and for example, for that screening, um, Sarah Ty Black, who's a film programmer, uh, writer, local writer, she is going to be doing a, a little, I guess, introduction on that. They're showing Pariah, Dee Rees' classic, or for me, it's a classic mm-hmm. um, debut film, and D. Rees is actually going to come and do a discussion. Really? Yes, tomorrow night.
1: Fabulous
2: at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. So it's great to to revisit films like that. And at, she directed Mudbound. She directed Mudbound. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> she
0: see this is a great series
2: yeah and i i saw her um when mudbound premiered at tiff and just hearing her in the q a like she's just a fascinating individual mm-hmm. you know her cinematic knowledge is is just off the chart so it's going to be great hearing her talk about that film and bradford young's cinematography which is great and he went on to a bunch of big things like Selma and even the Han Solo movie. Like he's just a cinematographer that's kind of made his mark. Uh, And also, especially this year, they're incorporating a a lot more African cinema. So there's Lionheart, uh, which I saw at TIFF, and it's really enjoyable Nollywood comedy. And that's the first, I guess, Netflix bought the rights to it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be Netflix's first uh, original Nollywood film. And the film is about a daughter who works with her father at this bus company and the father becomes ill. So she kind of expects that, well, she'll take over the, the top dog role, the CEO role. And the father instead gives it to his brother and it's her and her uncle trying to coexist while avoiding a hostile potential hostile takeover of the company. Uh, So it's, it's a delightful comedy about family and, family values and how you know you family is important both in your personal life and your professional um, there's another film that i'm really interested in from south africa called uh tell me sweet something which from the synopsis it sounds like it's uh, an interesting romance film and i think that's playing on monday or tuesday but you can go to tiff.net to find the full slate of films and it's just a really good selection of films like mm-hmm. there's stuff that you see that's instant classic um stuff that you know tell me sweet something or even the isaac julian film which i don't know too much of his work so it'd be interesting but, for me oh, to isaac to julian
0: in. he's a cl- he's just a great artist
2: yeah he's he's one of those names that i've always heard but i haven't actually like yeah. partaken in stuff so this gives you the opportunity to do that as well
0: yeah yeah that this is all very exciting so, yeah, I'm glad to hear this. And uh, so, yeah, everybody go to TIFF.net and look up all the stuff that's happening in Blackstar. And it's happening fast. So uh, after we say goodbye, go, yeah. go and look this up. Okay? Yeah, go
2: out and uh, grab your tickets because uh, they're definitely going fast.
0: Good. All right. So that's it, right? That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it for Frame Line for this week. Thanks for listening.